This is The Guardian. I'm Gabrielle Jackson, coming to you from Gadigal land, and this is The Full Story, Newsroom Edition, where Guardian Australia's editors discuss the news of the week. What was shaping up to be the media trial of the century never happened. Good evening. Fox blinked on the day that Fox attorneys and the attorneys for Dominion Voting Systems, the company that was suing them for defamation. The voting machine company Dominion, who was suing Fox for defamation, settled out of court for close to $800 million. The Fox Corporation clearly deciding it was better to pay the money than have their star anchors try to explain under oath the election denialism and disinformation they either spread themselves or helped spread by giving others who are lying a platform night after night after night. Days later, Lachlan Murdoch dropped another lawsuit. The Fox Corporation chief claimed he was defamed by a crikey article published in June about hearings into the insurrection at the US Capitol. Hoping to put the false claims made on air that the 2020 election was stolen from Donald Trump firmly in the rearview mirror. But when it rains, it pours. This just in to CNN. Tucker Carlson is out at Fox News. Seemingly out of nowhere, the far-right host Tucker Carlson was fired from Fox News. What are you learning? He was out on Friday. Will we see him say goodbye? We're not going to see him say goodbye. This is really stunning news coming from Fox. They say his last show was April 21st. They put out a very short So... Does the fallout from these high-profile stories tell us anything we didn't already know? Today, I'm talking to Editor-in-Chief Lenore Taylor and Head of News Mike Tisha about Fox, the Murdochs and the media. It's Friday, the 28th of April. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good morning, Lenore. Morning, Gabs. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. So we ended the show last week talking about the Fox and Dominion case, Lenore. But what's really new in all of this? Well, this week there were some developments in terms of settling the case with Crikey and some spectacular departures from Fox itself. But I don't know, I've been thinking about it. If you take a step back, you know, we knew that Fox News told lies, right? Like That's not new. And we knew that Rupert Murdoch and Lachlan Murdoch and senior Fox executives are quite smart people. So presumably they always knew that their broadcasters were spreading misinformation and lies. So really, I guess what's new is that it's been exposed, like it's been exposed without a doubt in the depositions and all of the emails. And not just that the Murdochs and their executives knew they were broadcasting crazy stuff, 
and not just that they were concerned about it, but really exposed that they were concerned about it because they're now kind of stuck in this position where doing something about the misinformation might hurt their audiences. So it just kind of exposed what we knew and then things kept unfolding that kind of made that story more and more interesting. In that Dominion case, there were so many interesting snippets of information that came out. Lenore, what were some of the things that grabbed your attention? Oh, I don't know, just going back over the depositions and the information that had come out in the case. It was really interesting to see that, you know, on the one hand, they were worried that misinformation was being broadcast and they knew that it was misinformation. On the other hand, they felt they couldn't stop broadcasting it because of how the audience would react to that. But one of the things I read, they were talking about how, like right back at the start, just 10 days after the 2020 election, Fox News has has something called the brain room and that with like a fact-checking unit. What do unit. they do? <laughs> <laughs> like a fact-checking unit. And it looked into the conspiracy theories that Dominion had rigged the whole election against Trump. And they came back with a very clear answer that the claims were false. So they just ignored their brain. I also particularly like the bit where it became clear that Tucker Carlson had annoyed the executives because in the depositions it, it was redacted that he had called a senior executive a really rude word and he wanted to make it clear that he fundamentally hated that person, whereas his criticism of Trump was just a passing, you know, passing <laughs> fad. He didn't really hate Trump, even though he said so. And, Michael, as Lenore said, Lachlan Murdoch ended his case against Crikey. What happened there? So this was the case in which Lachlan Murdoch had sued Crikey and some individuals who worked for Crikey over an opinion piece in which he was named as a, quote, unindicted co-conspirator in the January 6th Capitol riot. This has been going on for a long time. It seems probably not coincidental that it was ended at roughly the same time or just after the Dominion case. Mm. It looks like an embarrassing climb down from uh, News Corp's point of view because, you know, although they said if this case had gone ahead, we definitely would have won. Would have, could have. (laughs) (laughs) But it it did not go ahead and that looks like a, a big win for Crikey because they've made no admissions, haven't taken the story down. So the main common theme between that and the Dominion case is that the uh, Murdochs in particular as individuals and the company as a collective did not want to go into an open court and defend these practices because Crikey had said that they would very much bring up the revelations that came out of the Dominion papers if it did go to court. And the other big development this week, Lenore, was the exit of Tucker Carlson. Yes, so that was a shock to most people. I think that the highest rating broadcaster on Fox News was summarily dismissed this week. Nobody's really 100% sure why. There's all sorts of theories about it. There were some fairly incendiary statements by him contained in those depositions in the Dominion case. So, you know, maybe it was that. There's another case coming from a former Fox employee who's suing Carlson and the network for discrimination and says that it was a hostile and sexist work environment. So maybe it was that. There was a report today that said maybe it was because there was a lot of bad language in what he said in the deposition, like, right, because it's swearing that's a problem. I don't know. Maybe there's the theory that it was because he had gone out a very long way on a limb defending Russia in the war against Ukraine and Carlson was being cited and lauded on Russian television a lot. Maybe. I mean, the truth is we don't know. But I guess for my money, the 
explanation that sort of made the most sense intuitively was one ironically advanced by Andrew Bolt, who said that basically Lachlan wanted to make a statement that nobody was bigger than the station itself and that, you know, they all worked for him and no one was bigger than Fox News and they needed to understand that he ran the business. And I guess it makes sense to me that if you felt like you were in this situation where you were presiding over an organisation that was sort of getting away from you a bit, that you'd gone down this route of misinformation and then you know, your broadcasters were just going to take it further and further. Maybe that makes sense. But as I said before, I really don't know. I thought one interesting thing from an Australian point of view out of that Bolt response was how he kind of parsed Carlson's career into the things that he'd said that were acceptable and the things that he said were crazy. So he said things that probably wouldn't be said on Fox in the US, that some parts of it were completely crazy, notably the Dominion the stopping the steal, you know, that the, the election was rigged and so on. But on the other hand, he said Carlson was right to, quote, nail the Democrats for grossly exaggerating the January the 6th insurrection at the Capitol, which, you know... I wonder where the great replacement <laughs> theory fits in that sort of... Yeah, I mean, exactly. you know, this guy is really, has really been out there. I don't know where that would fit in Andrew Bolt's He um, also called division. him a good journalist. Yeah. Mm. So mm. they're kind of... I mean, and I guess they share line. climate <laughs> denialism as a... Yeah, fundamental. Belief. Just on climate denialism, Lenore, there was a finding against News Corp Australia this week. What was that about? Yeah, it was interesting. So ACMA, the broadcasting regulator, found uh, against Sky News in two cases. One of them was a complaint about 10 episodes of Outsiders, 80 allegations in all, all to do with climate denialism. I mean, I guess that was probably to be expected because the segment was called Outsiders Weather and the Skeptics Ice Age Watch segment. So, I mean... <laughs> Can you say that again? <laughs> you know, um, so it was a segment basically about climate denialism, uh, but ACMA has called it out, said the program has an obligation to separate fact from comment. They failed to do so and did not present news content either accurately or fairly. But then interestingly, there was also this separate finding against Foxtel in regards to a US show from a sort of very right-wing evangelical Christian broadcasting organisation, which they seem to have just broadcast and which was ruled to have breached accuracy rules because it was broadcasting a whole lot of COVID misinformation about ivermectin and different COVID cures and things. So the headline news has all been the US and obviously Sky News Australia in terms of its broadcast audience in Australia is, is much, much smaller but the same, in, in miniature and slightly paired back form, the same kind of misinformation is happening here. I wonder whether the regulation and the regulator can keep up with the business model, if you like, of Sky News Australia, which is a kind of paired back version of the business model of Fox News, and that is when audiences splinter and people can get news from everywhere, you know, if you can create a very loyal group of readers or listeners or watchers who are motivated in a sort of us versus them contest where, you know, they're really ideologically and emotionally attached to your news outlet, then they're going to keep coming back to you. And that's really hard, a really hard thing to achieve in the current media landscape. So, you know, there's sort of this death spiral, if you like, of extremist or ex extreme political views and the commercial interests of these regulators, which I think 
you know, you see writ large in America, but you do see writ small in Australia also. And to some extent, Sky doesn't need to have its audience in Australia to prosper because um, there was a recent report from a UK think tank that found its misinformation on climate, particularly, it was one of the largest sources globally of misinformation in, in that particular regard. And mm, some reporting that Ann Davis did for us looked at those kinds of the, the business model of Sky, which essentially found that, you know, it's their online presence that really generates their advertising revenue and that if they gain big audiences in the US particularly, that is a very profitable way for them to do business. And the more wild their misinformation got on COVID, particularly on the so-called rigged election and climate change, the more their audiences loved it and lapped it up. And, you know, they don't have a huge audience, but they have fairly wide reach Mm. because Sky is broadcast through a lot of the regional channels and so potential audience is is quite big. In a column that we ran this week from Margaret Simons, she said, for a mainstream professional news organisation to lie and effectively admit to having done so, that is new and we should stop and think about the implications. What are the implications for journalism, Lenore? Well, manifest. I mean, sorting fact from fiction as best we possibly can is kind of the whole thing we're supposed to do. And I feel like we've been watching this happen over many years and, you know, it sort of happened by degrees. But she's right. We do need to sort of sit back and have a think about it because it erodes the trust in the media altogether, you know, as an institution and it erodes trust in democracy. So like I said at the beginning, it's exposing in factual written form what we've all kind of seen happening and assumed was happening for a long time. I think there are, there are sort of uh, micro implications as well. Our economist Jonathan Friedland wrote about the Dominion case and referred to one of the terrible incidents in the US recently where a black young man went to the wrong address to pick up his brother and was shot by an 84-year-old white man who saw him outside the door, did not engage in any conversation with him, but just shot him because he saw a young black man outside the door. And the grandson of the accused white man referred to how over the past while he'd been sucked into the um, vortex of far-right, and presumably meaning Fox content, and how that had completely changed him and changed his worldview and embracing conspiratorial thinking of the kind that is pushed out and to some extent on certainly some of the more wilder extremes on Fox in the US. There has been in some elements of the media an almost celebratory mood, like journalism has won. Do you think that's accurate? Well, that's, I think that's much too that's much too big a claim to make just on these statements. Not least because um, there's no reason for Fox or to perhaps a lesser extent Sky in this country to change its coverage. Really, they got into trouble in the lawsuits in the US because they defamed named companies, but they're perfectly free to carry on saying outlandish and untrue things in a more general way about the election, about climate, about COVID, about whatever, as long as they don't specify an organisation or an individual who can sue them. And as we know, even when they do that, it's much harder to sue in the US than it is here. So uh, I don't think it will change the tone of their coverage particularly. I don't see any reason why it would. It's probably sharpened the understanding of a lot of people of what it is that they do, but people who are already in that closed 
world will maybe not know a lot less about what's happened in the Dominion case because they didn't surprise, surprise, it. they didn't <laughs> report it very much. And then also Jonathan Friedland, our commentator in the UK, has written about this where talking about how Fox in the US became it wasn't that they were telling their audience what to think. It was that they were so afraid of what their audience had become that they couldn't they couldn't stop saying the things that they <laughs> were mm-hmm. saying, that even they if they, they wanted to. Want to say. Yeah, yeah, they uh, they may or may not have built whatever they believed or or didn't believe. There was a commercial imperative not to stop saying them. So that is really scary. That's really a bad portent for journalism in the future. So the nor what is the upshot of all of this? Okay, so when you come down to it, in my view, News Corp is first and foremost about exercising power and making money, much more so than it is about creating the best possible version of the truth with its news. That's not to say that there's not a lot of very good journalists there doing very good journalism because, you know, there are. But as an organisation, I think it's, in my opinion, mostly about exercising power and making money. So how will it play out? It will depend on the financial impact. I think Fox derives most of its revenue from advertising and also some of its revenue from the cable carrier fees for the stations that carry its broadcasting. So if its audience goes down, it will lose revenue in both those things. So that would suggest then that if they find someone as incendiary as Tucker Carlson, who the audience likes just as much, but who is a little bit more willing to pay fealty to the Murdochs, then they'll make as much money and they will exercise the same power. So by my rationale, no, I don't think very much will change. Next, survival and succession. Laura Murphy-Oates here. At Guardian Australia, we want to make sure you're getting the news that matters in 2023. Our morning mail and afternoon update newsletters are short and capture the most important headlines of the day. If that sounds good, you can subscribe for free right now by visiting the Guardian homepage, searching Guardian Australia newsletters, or just downloading our app and you'll get daily notifications. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And now we come to what we can't get out of our head. Lenore, what was it for you this week? For me, it was a really incredible feature we ran about a woman who was the sole survivor of a plane crash back in 1992 in which her 
then partner or fiance was killed. It was an amazing story of survival in the Vietnamese jungle in itself. But what was really interesting was this sort of life philosophy of what I guess we would now call mindfulness, which she learned from keeping her shit together in this horrific situation in the jungle for many, many days. It was just a really fascinating story. Amazing, amazing story. Uh, Mike, what was it for you? Uh, So the story I liked this week was about the only Australian who has an official role in the coronation of King Charles III, which is (laughs) rapidly approaching. Uh, He is Simon Abney Hastings, the 15th Earl of Loudoun. I think that's how you'd pronounce it. He lives in Wangaratta, which uh, as... I wonder how many earls there are in Wangaratta. I know. Well, surprisingly, not many people in Wangaratta seem to have known about, but he is going to be the bearer of the Great Golden Spurs, a really important part of the coronation ceremony. (laughs) Do they jingle, jangle, jingle? Look, we'll just... All will be revealed (laughs) next week or whenever, you know, when the coronation comes up. Anyway, that's that part of the coronation has been there since 1189, allegedly, and his family has been involved since the 17th century. So it's a very traditional, very British monarchy kind of thing, except that he lives in Wagner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yes, in a very non-judgmental way, I really enjoyed that story. And now we're just going to do a little special. What we really can't get out of our head is succession. And what we really talk about at the end or the beginning of this show every week is our favourite lines. I think this series, mine, has to be, I love you, but you are not serious people. (laughs) (laughs) We're really doing this, right? (laughs) What's your favourite line? Um, I think it was more a favourite moment, that moment when Connor was singing Leonard Cohen in a bad karaoke bar while all his siblings (laughs) watched on. I just (laughs) fell off the sofa. Oh, no, maybe, maybe. Cousin Greg trying to cozy up with the siblings by calling them the quad squad. <laughs> Mike, do you have a favourite line? I really liked how Roman had pre grieved his <laughs> father's death, but also from this week, I, I love the line where Roman said they should keep ATN because it was dad's pride and joy and he died trying to keep it. But Shiv says, maybe we should keep one of his old sweaters, it's less racist. <laughs> That was great. And also special mention to Shiv for her PR plan, number one, don't send people your part. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. We refer to quite a few different stories and columns uh, by Guardian journalists in this episode and we will put them all in our show notes. Go find them there. This episode was produced by Miles Herbert and Joe Koning. Full Story will be back with you on Monday. We'll see you then. This podcast was corrected on the 5th of May. An earlier version of this podcast referred to adverse findings by the Australian Communications and Media Authority having been made against Sky News Australia in respect of programs containing misinformation concerning COVID-19. This was incorrect. The programs were broadcast by Foxtel Cable Television Proprietary Limited on the Daystar channel. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.